podcast one production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath. <laughs> I'm in a good mood today. Yes. We're talking about um, just parenting in general in 2018. That's right. We're just talking about um, what influences young mums. Good and bad. Good and bad. Because yeah, we've got all the great medical advances. Yeah. There's too much Google. Too you much know, Google. Too much Google. What in, yeah, there's there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. People back in their skinny pants in 24 hours. Nah, nah I'm still trying. <laughs> 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 well, that brings us 25 to 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> collective laugh. Joining us um, for this, uh, I suppose, Mum's the Word panel is Beck Sutherland and Emily Ward. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having Welcome us. Welcome, ladies. Thank so, you. Both Thanks mums? For joining us. Both mums? Yes. 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 We're all mums. H- how many children? Just one. Mm-hmm. One. One and one. One. Mm-hmm. So three. Great. <laughs> three. <laughs> three for three or three for free. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, what I see with, with mums and what I hear with mums is, is like, you know, there's so many articles written, so many articles written about feeding children, um, what formula to give, you know, whether you should breastfeed, whether you shouldn't breastfeed. What were we talking about? Yesterday, oh, um, the um, in, in baby f- led baby led weaning. weaning. Yeah, um, what? Do you know about all that? I don't know about baby led weaning. Tell yeah, me about they'll, that. they'll they'll tell you at your next ma- maternal okay. <laughs> check. I tend to wag them. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the best. Um, it's just about um, you know when your baby's getting solids, mm-hmm. so they're really pushing now. Baby led weaning is when you give them stuff off your plate and like like bits of broccoli, mm-hmm. so not pureed. So they learn how to chew it. But I was like, so I, so I called Kath and I'm like, there's absolutely no way I'm doing this. And she was like, yeah, good. Because they, I mean, for a first time parent, you're anxious anyway. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, at the maternal health nurse, they were like, you know, you just have to be careful with choking and stuff because, and I yeah. was like, yeah, well, um, no, I'd rather puree and not have to worry about the... And there's some sound. things that don't change. Yeah. And that is um, the way the child moves food around its mouth mm. and swallows, mm. um, the way that... They learn how to eat. And also, um, especially for your first baby, having food put into the baby's mouth from an anxious mother, if you're putting <laughs> like like a, 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 some broccoli that is soft, for a baby that hasn't had food, seriously, it it's really anxiety-provoking. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, I would always encourage starting with, with sloppy food and moving up to, you know, um, chunks of chunks whatever. of food. Just yeah. just do things slowly. There's no hurry. Yeah. By the time the child goes to school, he or she will be eating mm. food, and so there's no hurry to do things because it's a fat, and it is a fat. I'm sorry, everyone. Half the community has fallen Collective. off. Yeah, fallen <sighs> off their chairs. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, because. Um, the old-fashioned way it has been giving some um, sloppy um, cereal and then some stewed apple at lunchtime and then some um, uh, sweet potato at dinner time, and then slowly introducing solids. Nothing's happened to people by doing that. Yeah. So it's it's um, it's like they want to reinvent the wheel. You know, change these babies. So. so- but so where, where do you go for your information? How do you know that this new fad's a fad and, and how do you know? Well, that's the problem. And mm. that's, that's where, you know, you ladies, where do you go for that information? What do you read? Well, I, I think about this often and the first kind of encountering I had with you, Kath, was heard this voice on the phone saying, there's only one voice you need in your head and that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about confidence. I, I thought, who is that woman? I think I have to meet her. <laughs> and I think I think for me, I kind of like have been able to switch myself off from everything. Um, 
Because, I don't know, there's this fascination in society generally, I think, where people, you feel like you have to categorise everything and you have to research it all. And But as a first-time mum, you don't know anything. So for me, it's just about going to an expert and asking them. And for me, that that's Kath. And there's been reassurance for me in mm. that knowing that I don't actually need to field and spend hours on the computer researching which I don't have time to do that anyway because no, exactly. I'm working. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I think there's sort of – there's this sort of fascination with exploring everything and having a million different opinions about everything and I think you don't need it. Does that make you anxious as parent, uh, you know, as first-time parents when you've got all this – the books, do I, don't I – does it make you anxious? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it does make you anxious. That's why I've sort of personally chosen not to follow that path. Yeah, I yeah, I got really anxious about all of that stuff when I first had Killian because I hadn't met Kath yet. Who <laughs> she didn't have, she didn't hear me in the waiting room no. saying you only have to have one voice. <laughs> and luckily, I met Kath when Killian was I think three weeks, yeah. maybe two and a half weeks yeah, old, and. Um, I remember, I remember saying to you, because like my GP would say something different, the maternal health nurse said something different, the, the you know, Google said something different, your friends would tell you different things. And that's when Kath was just like, you know, I could listen to her because I knew she was an expert and was coming, you know, coming from someone who knew. And you'd also set me up with seeing Dr. Brennan Chamwitz, which is amazing, mm. which he just basically told me everything that you had told me and told me not to worry and everything that I was doing was right kind of thing because mm-hmm. it's just so hard when you've got everyone saying something different. I was just like, I don't, I Chris? actually don't know who to believe. Like it's the whole thing, like I know Killian had like a bit of a flat spot in his head and the maternal health nurse was going, you know, we should go, you, you might have to go to, um, you know, the Royal Children's and what, all this like kind brain, of... like brain, brain? No, no just, but it hardly was flat. It was hardly anything. For God's and, sake, and it was just nothing. And that's it. And, and Dr Brennan Chan was just like... Nothing. No, absolutely nothing. not. And the, and the GP was like, I have referred two people in my entire career to that specialist and that was like the back of a frying pan. It was oh, so flat, you know. Stewie from Family yeah. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I've seen, seriously, I've seen kids with head... Like a football, and that's flat, you know. Yeah, so it's all it's all that stuff. I was like, well, who who do you listen to? But now I'm like, I listen to Kath, I listen to pediatrician. That's it, and mm. I stay off Google because the first couple of weeks, especially when I was struggling with breastfeeding, I was on Doctor Google and just you know oh. basically felt like I was failing, killing by not being able to breastfeed because yeah. of every single article that I came across. You Kath, know? I've got to, I've got to die. I know you, you've just drilled this home. It's one of your key messages, which is just stay off Dr. Google. It's yeah. no good. But what are some of the weirdest stuff that you've both looked up or some of, you know, because we often hear that you get, oh no. I, I looked up um, hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> like a complete idiot. Because <laughs> I was like, what, can a baby choke from hiccups or something like that? Me and my and husband probably said like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, take them to emergency. I can't remember. It was just all stuff like, you just Google apps. I, I Googled everything. Like yeah. in that first two weeks, I was like, because you just... I, you're coming, from, like, we, we both, you know, myself and my husband came from nothing, yeah. you know, so we never even changed a nappy. So it was like, you know, I put um, Killian's nappy on backwards the first <laughs> after, because Sean had been doing them all because I had a C-section. And so the first day I was allowed to change his nappy, Sean was like, what have you done? There was like piss everywhere. And so I put it on back to front. That's how little I knew. Dr. Google didn't teach you no, that. Didn't. No, I didn't. I should have. I should have looked it up on YouTube. But the hiccups, the hiccups and wind cause so much angst. Yeah, I had a couple on on the way to the children's hospital um, oh phone me, and they said we're on the way to the children's, <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, what's wrong? The baby's had the hiccups for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it's I not said, just me. Oh I my said, god! <laughs> Turn the car around. <laughs> And go, <laughs> go home and we'll have hiccups for another hour. Oh my it's gosh. a normal body function. Yeah. And it's it, like if you think about, you know, I try and teach about normal body functions, yeah. hiccups, breathing, passing wind, upstairs and downstairs. Yeah. Like you've got to think about these yeah. things. They're, they're the things that are normal. Yeah. Is it the simple things that send parents into yeah, a... Yeah, and it's... Absolutely it's, simple. I, I found it was like, I'm a very rational person, but having a baby, it was like this other side of my personality that I didn't know existed <laughs> that is like this complete <laughs> mental case. 
appeared. And my husband was just like looking at me like, who is, <laughs> this, who is this person? <laughs> who is this person I married? Yeah, who yeah. is this person? I've never met her before. But once I made that decision to stay off Google and to actually, if I ever panicked about something so stupid like hiccups or whatever it was, I actually stop and think rationally, like, yep. ground myself, think about what it is and then I move on now, which is which I wish I'd kind of done at the start. But for it's very hard though. Of, it is hard. It's really hard. I mean, there are some things that, you know, I, I understand that are frightening, but, you know, like there's not too many things that would yeah. worry me other than, you know, really high temperature and, you know, babies that are floppy or babies that mm. are fitting and stuff like that. But, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of visits to the GP that are really not necessary, mm. just not necessary yeah. at all. Um, but that's... That's hard to tell a new mother. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it really, um, it needs, it, what? <laughs> just think, you know, everyone's Googling wind and hiccups and they're taking things to the, to the children mother. Can you imagine what your great-grandmother or oh even your God. grandmother would oh, just my be, mother. Were they just like, are you insane? But yeah. can you imagine people at, in the children's hospital like, go home. I know. Well, there's actual mm. six but kids you, and you turn up with a kid with hiccups. With hiccups. Mm. And what are you here for? Hiccups. And what hiccups. are you? Here for. <laughs> but what are you really here for? <laughs> oh, what about influences, Kath? What do you you know? You you raise this. Uh, look, it's it's the it's the people who have um, a voice on Instagram or Facebook that um, have had one or two or three or five or how many children that then um, write about you know being an expert personally, I have an issue with because mm. it, it worries me that... Um, Celebrity gets mixed, Kath? Yeah, it does. It worries me because, you know, they've got a voice, which is fine, but it worries me because a lot of the time they're not saying the correct stuff, mm. you know, and um, it, it's it may have worked for their baby, but, uh, you know, and... You know, a lot of a lot of mums look up to these uh, women because they admire them and they like the clothes they wear and they think they're they're pretty and whether they're overseas or here in Australia. Um, but um, it's it can be a bit dangerous because they set out programs and routines and feeding um, because they get paid for mm. for stuff and and it's and it's it can be dangerous. Um, do you see that in you know in in social media? Yeah, I mean, I work in fashion and that's completely the the whole new landscape is now about influencers. And that's, I guess, the problem with social media is that it's mobilised everyone's voices and that it's this kind of, yeah, democratisation as though every opinion is worth the same weight. Mm. And it, it definitely isn't. And, you know, I guess someone like you, Kath, that's, you know, I don't know, how many babies have you worked with? Mm, a lot. <laughs> hundreds that, hundreds of thousands, yeah, whatever. And someone that's maybe had one or four children. It's mm. not it's not the same thing. No, it's not. And I think it's a real case of buyer beware. And I don't know why what happens to mothers where they think that, it, you know, these educated women that have had careers and have had their own mind and all of a sudden they have a baby and they turn into a teenager again. Mm. And I think that's really strange. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is when they um, they go and and, you know, seek advice from people who haven't had experience. I mean, you know, my background is like I've done lots of study and it's just not been a year. I mean, this is 43 years of really working at my career. Mm. And, you know, I know I can get, I can diagnose babies and I can get any baby to sleep and I can work with mothers and babies. It's just, it's just what I've worked with. And it's just my career, like you ladies mm. with your career. It's, of course I, I can. I, I should be mm. able to because that's what I've worked at. If Beyonce it, wrote a baby book? Come on. Oh. I would buy that baby book and I don't have I would have babies because Beyonce wrote a baby book. Well, she probably would. But you know, that's 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 exactly my well, you're point. Talking, yeah, right. You know, it's just joking, it's a joke. Joking. I'm sorry I'm in my serious mood. <laughs> I'm joking. 
But that's... Because that'd go down well. Sorry. Imagine uh, that. Oh, oh got God. advice from Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. But it's, it, it concerns me that women go to these people and, and takes their advice because um, they're a guru or they're mm. a, a baby whisperer. I mean, who calls them a baby whisperer? You know, there's no degree mm. in baby whispering. Mm. I refuse to be called those things because I'm not, you know. It's marketing, um, isn't it? It's marketing, mm, right? It's marketing. Yeah. And it's celebrity, like you were saying before. It's this sort of unnatural fusion of medical celebrity yeah. influences altogether, which is quite a unnatural thing. Trickery mm. with language too. You can be really particular about the language that you use, you know, to indicate yeah. more credibility. And mm. Also it's now that, um, you know, there's, there's, there's some really good ones that I like following, not just with, you know, baby good. stuff or whatever. Fess up. But like, you know, fess if up. it was fess up. Yeah, fess up. I really like UK woman who I've always followed from day one called a model recommends. She used to be a model, super down to earth, hilarious. And she she was like a beauty blogger. So she would always, you know, test out skincare. And then she's gone on to have two kids and fertility problems and she's opened the whole thing. But she's like, she never says do this, do that. She just writes about her own. So she just does like, you know, every month she'll go like her, her you know, how she's feeling at six months postpartum, mm. her baby, her toddler, stuff like that. And really honest and everything that she does, like whether she's selling it, whether she's wearing a shirt or whatever it is, she'll put that it's an ad. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. And so you can fish out the ones that are ads or not. Mm. And I find with, I don't know if it's in Australia or what, with the mummy bloggers, like I go in there and I'm like, you've got this, you know, formula machine or Bugab- some new bugaboo or whatever, and you're taking a super artistic photo, pushing it down the street. You know, it's like as if that's not as if you weren't given that for free, and you know, as if you're not getting paid for any of this stuff. And mm. I think it's really this real kind of dishonest thing with Instagram at the mm. moment. They need to be honest, especially with new mums, mm. saying this is a paid partnership with whoever and stuff like that. You know, mm. like I think it's a real blurred line at the moment. So you have to be really like I'm quite picky with who I. Um, follow in mm. that sense because I think you're quite vulnerable mm. as a new mum. Like I was saying to Kath yesterday, one of my, my best friends in the UK has just had a baby and she's just like, I'm just so depressed going on Instagram because I'm following all these new mums who are just like their bodies have bounced back within four weeks and she's feeling like shit in the, you know, the English winter. What did you say? I was just like, it's not reality. You know, like, yes, there is that rare person that can bounce back within 30 seconds, but you don't see... You don't see what's going on in the ba- the background, mm. like you know the Beyond. You remember Beyonce when she had her when her first. Don't baby? you speak badly about Beyonce? No, but she said she's getting they a lot had of me. Time. <laughs> they had me on the um, treadmill and drinking lemon juice. Like she was like, I went straight into it. She was honest that she went straight into a diet after having her first baby. Oh. So it's like. Um, you don't see that side. Mm. You just see the end result and you see the filters and you see the bikini shots that, you know, they've had to take 17,000 to get the good one. Mm. So that's what I said to her. And she she's a makeup artist, so she knows all this, but it's like I feel like that's kind of you're in that vulnerable state and you've got this new body that you've got to get used to. And There's so much pressure. And yeah. there's there's pressure from, um, from the women, from other women mm. to women. Sometimes there's pressure from the guys mm. um, or their partners. Sometimes there's pressure from the women about their partners. Yeah. I don't know. There's just oh, all this crap about looking pretty, Yeah, you know. There's I think that, what do you think about the Kate Middleton thing? What about it? About, about her, coming coming yeah. out looking, well, okay. Eight hours after giving well, birth. Well, first mm. of all, um, I yeah. Look like I look no, no. <laughs> Do you, you know, know Kat's um, a raving monarchist. Like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> first of all, um, I'll start from the top. Mm-hmm. With her hair, she probably didn't even have to have her hair washed yeah. for a start. Oh, no. no, because she would have had the baby. She had the baby in two or three hours. Yeah, so she wouldn't have had the wouldn't have had to have the hair done. Um, she would have had a quick shower um, and makeup artist makeup on. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have had uh, you know the. Good the bra and undies and the she would have had the spanks. Yeah. I think she's had the spanks on because she didn't have the tummy no. hanging out as much this time. This time, yeah. And um, coming out of hospital um, within that amount of time is actually okay. Mm. It's the best time to cut, go home, like third baby. Yeah, she really knows what she's doing. Quite okay. Yeah. The fact that she came out looking so beautiful mm. is confronting yeah. because so many people feel like they, they look pretty disgusting, yeah. you know, 
five hours, six hours, seven hours after you've had a baby mm. because no one goes out looking like that. The fact that she had people, you know, making yeah. her up. But look... Let's be honest, she's a princess with how many thousands yes. of... Well, she wouldn't have had thousands. She's only got two or three people. Come on. <laughs> Cap, come on. Yeah, like the last her, time I spoke the, to Kate... The best makeup artist and all that. I, I didn't... I wasn't like, I I, how dare she do that? I was like, I feel really bad for her that she has to She has to do that. She has to do That's it. That's her duty. Yeah. You know, I'm sure she wouldn't. Who would want to do that? I think she would have done that for five minutes and now she's home in, in her trackies. trackies. Mm, yeah. yeah. With the pads yeah. on and the, the pads yeah. on and the pads. I think it's hard though because <laughs> it, it depends where you're coming from because that didn't make me feel bad to go, oh, well, I didn't look like that. I just no. went, God, that poor I thing, that's too. the last thing I wanted to do. Yeah. But, then, but there are genuinely people who are like, what an inspiration. I want to, you know, who are holding oh, no. it up to something. No. But I, I guess that's so, just your personality. I just feel the pressure yeah. on them. Uh, look, you know, I think women coming out of hospital is a whole issue. I think in Australia we have them going, women going home at the worst time, which mm. is day four or day five. Why? Why is that? Because the boobs are out here, mm. the emotions are down here, mm. and the best time to go home is either within the first 24 hours or day 10. Right. I elect day 10. I'm going to stay in that hospital. I'm yeah. going to sleep. Wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, what you're are we doing to, with this baby? You're better to go home in 24 hours mm. with good support. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Someone coming someone coming home and seeing you with constant support in yeah. your home rather than all this craziness in the hospital of conflicting advice, mm. you know, the rotation of 30 people in, in and out of your uh, room Um it's, it's probably cheaper too for, for hospitals. All right. So, you know, being the non-mother in the room, if you've got, like, you look at the Kate thing or you look at the Beyonce, sorry, Beyonce, but if you look at other people who've got, you know, in their skinny pants and all that kind of stuff, Kath has talked, like, a lot and educated me a lot about just unrealistic expectations and when you're not in your size six pants 24 hours later, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. What about what about you guys in terms of influences and, and, and in your capacity at home when you're, you know, making the food, doing the washing, the bed, you know? I, I don't know. Just, like, in your, do you have those unrealistic expectations or are you happy just to sit on the couch with a fish finger? Uh, I'm, I've just started Tiffany Hall's program, actually. So that is like now I'm like he's my son's nearly six months and I was like actually I can start cooking and doing all that kind of stuff and I was feeling really crap by eating crap food. So I was like I want to do something. I really like her. I think she's mm. fantastic. She mm. was one of the ones who, you know, she showed what she looked like after having a baby mm. and she lost her baby weight, whatever, really slowly and yep. she's always said... I don't know if I'm going to look like what I looked like beforehand. Yeah, you she's know? fantastic. She's great. She's I got really such like a great. Her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's infectious, and I like her. I like her. And Instagram she's true. And, she's true yeah. to herself and to her followers. And yeah. there's no, there's no pretense about it. She, she, and she really means what she says. What she says, and that is that she. She wanted to lose her weight slowly. She mm. did slow walking. Yeah. And when she got the okay, she did her yeah. exercises. And yeah. I really admired her because yeah. there was there's so much pressure, especially mm-hmm. for someone like Tiff, who's out there. Sponsors um, would be falling over her. Oh, God. Yeah. They just like just drop it. Yeah. Skinny jeans, yeah. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it was like, I, I don't know. I, I went, I'm doing that more for like, you know, to feel healthy and good and cook and do all that kind of stuff again and it's, the food's really easy and I'm a terrible cook mm. so it's like that that I'm doing but I didn't put any I wasn't like uh, yeah I don't know it was weird I wasn't walking around saying oh my god I'm you know I feel terrible and this that I didn't expect like I, I found I've got reverse body dysmorphia I had I had Killian and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so thin and went to put my jeans on and I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you have this massive stomach for so long and you just feel like you must be like a size eight, actually. Definitely wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask that question. <laughs> oh, that's very what funny. What about you, Wim? Um I, I guess I lost the weight pretty easily. If we're going from that perspective, I'm one of those annoying people. But I kind of just didn't. I didn't really think about it and it just happened and I think it comes down to luck of the draw really what you I exercised a lot when I was pregnant and I think that maybe helped and all the rest of it but um I don't know I try not to look at 
what everyone else is doing. It's kind of, I don't know, in a way I've become more introspective since having Violette because I'm really just focusing on my game and what I'm doing and everyone else can kind of do what they're doing and, and that's great. But I feel like... I don't, I don't know. I don't really have time. I've been back at work from almost from the beginning and I don't have time to, to look at what all those mummy bloggers yeah. are doing. Mm. And in a way, I think that's been helpful because I don't have time to worry about all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just got to actually get through the day yeah, that's and right. get my work done and look after and, and, Violette. Yeah. And that's kind of the, exactly. her first and then work second. Yeah. And yeah. I'm third. That's yeah. the order. What about the influence of mum's group? We've talked about how competitive that environment can sometimes be. Yeah, well, the, the, the mum's groups can be, they can be fantastic. They should be fantastic, should I say. They should be fantastic. Um, they can be a group to educate and teach parenting, like so much parenting and so many skills that you don't know and you won't have unless you're being taught by uh, a professional. That's really what the maternal and child health nurse is there for in your community. Not to have the librarian come down or the the fireman to come down or, I don't know, who else? Do you, <laughs> someone, because you know about them in, the, in your community. What you don't know is about how you introduce solids or why why you do playtime or, you know, what about sleeping and, you know, all these mm. little things that you need to know as, as parents. Um, but unfortunately, the, the, your, your mother's group, I don't know. Competitive. You tend to get in to do one or two classes and then you either work or you don't have time or mm. you just get pissed off with them and you don't want to go. Have you been to any? Yeah, I went to... Fifty percent of them, yeah. <laughs> and then I've gone to a few after that. Were they a good group? Yeah, I mean it's a mixed bag. It's just like walking down the street. On the way here, this is an example of the sort of cross section. I saw a woman pushing a girl that looks school age in a pram, wearing a ballerina costume, and I just thought, I hope that that's never me. But there's always <laughs> going to be that person. The mother was. Yes. All oh, right. So the mother was pushing the little girl in the princess outfit, and I just thought that's a really weird commentary on parenting and mm. society. And I just thought, well, I, I hope I'm never that person. But there's always that person I hope I'm in never the group. That drunk. And, <laughs> well, well, that's a different story. Oh, that could be quite fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that there's, mm. there's definitely some good girls in there. I think that what you said about the lack of practical education is unbelievable. I, I just I sat there and I just thought I don't know why I'm here I'm not learning anything and it's not helpful and the one educational one that I went to they had the postnatal depression people came and spoke about and I found that just the most I don't know focusing on all of the negatives to mm. do with it and I and I just I wondered I just didn't think it was it certainly wasn't helpful for me and I don't know if it was helpful for anyone else in the group. Mm. I think they need to look at all of that. Well, there, there's, I know I've taken many groups and there's a capacity to do wonders with those groups, mm -hmm. you know, and have, have really interesting um, uh, groups, you know, week after week and, um, and, and teach, you know, you know, really interesting or find out what you want, you know, mm. what do you want to learn? What do you want to get out of the group? And forge great friendships. Um, and uh, that can last for years. I've got. To, I've got to tell you this. I've got a friend, um, one of my greatest friends, and she had um, Archer, my godson, and uh, she went to mother's group. And she said she got there when she first turned up. She's a pretty straight talking kind of girl. Um, and they were all sitting around, and it became quite competitive. Like, oh, you know, Harry's sleeping already, and you know, it became <laughs> like that. And she got around the corner to her, and she was like. He's not sleeping. I'm beside myself and I really want a drink. So does anyone want to come to the pub? And they all were like, oh, God, yes. And then it just it changed the tone of the mother's group. They all went and had a drink once a week or, you know, when they were – and the kids are like in like two and a bit now and so they're all still catching up, which I think is quite lovely. They cook mm. meals for each other if somebody yeah. was sick. So that's yeah. different, right? You can right? get some really great, really great groups that mm. they, they can um, click, yeah. Did you, Beck? I went to, I think I went to th three out of five just because we went away. And I feel like, because I missed those last two and that, and no, I went to four of them and I felt like I was kind of forcing myself by the end. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, um, 
because Sean was like, this is so not you, but you have to go. So I kind of went to kind of prove the point that I could go, could go. but it wasn't me. Um, so it was like they're, they're really nice um, people, but I don't feel like um, there was no one there who I think was kind of on the same page. Like, mm. you know, I was the same, like I've kind of been working a bit through the whole time and and also I've got my mum down the road so I do have support whereas I feel like, you know, a lot of the, the women in the mother's group, their, their families are away and so it was it was really good for them because they didn't have anyone else. Mm. And, you you know, both like, great husbands. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I, I just um, I couldn't relate in that way as much and... I've got a lot of mates around me and stuff, so we'll come around for lunch and all that kind of stuff. So it just didn't, I just, I don't know. I went, I found the maternal health nurse one-on-one helpful Mm. because you can kind of grill them and ask, you know, the questions that you're curious about and stuff. But when it went round, it was just stuff like, you know, tell us about your birth. And then it was like, okay, the next person, tell us about your birth. There was no like... I don't know. I mm. kind of found I found it a bit pointless as well. Mm. I was just like I kind of rather be at home. With, yeah, to be yeah, and just like okay, tell us how you're feeling, and someone would be like, would start crying because they're, you know, and I'm like, oh my someone's god, always crying. yeah, there's someone crying. Is it rude at that moment to go? Excuse me, I'm leaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like they would cry and say their thing. And I found like my maternal health nurse. She's lovely, but like wouldn't go. Okay, this is what you should do. It would be like, yep. And the next person, so they all kind of just oh left, left there sobbing. Sobbing. <laughs> so it was pretty... Um, you go to the corner. Yeah. So oh, I was dear. like, I, I'd rather be at home chilling with Killian or yeah. going into town, seeing my mates and yeah. stuff, you know. So inappropriate, but I find oh, that no. so funny. It was so like, I was oh. like, wow, this is the letdown, you know, that yeah, show. Yeah, that show it is. I was yeah, like, this was is funny. the letdown. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, which one am I? Yeah, that's you know? right. <laughs> Holding the... Um, the iPad with the husband yeah. so he could attend. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was just all of that. You'd be like, oh, God. But, yeah, it's like I'd see how it can be beneficial, but I was just like it's not it's not my kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. How, um, how have you found working with a, with a baby, Em? Um, it's a challenge, mm. um, but it's something I kind of just threw myself into mm. pretty probably too early in retrospect. But How I'm, early? Um, within a couple of weeks. Yep. It's um, different for everybody, right? Different, mm. exactly, and and that's the thing. I I can only I can only speak to my own experience. Mm. I, I don't know what anyone else. But feels you're pretty like organised, and you're organised. Yeah, I, I was so. ready. Yeah. I think um, my line of work means that it's sort of a combination of really good organisation mm. and then just dealing with organised chaos and as things come. So mm. I think that balance of of my own professional career has been put me in fairly good stead. And then um, a really one of my best friends, Georgie, said to me, um, she runs her own business in fashion as well. And she said to me something which I found very, very insightful, um, that you'll come, you'll come across new kind of ways of working and new efficiencies while you're pregnant and they will become... Um, part of your business going forward and Mm. that definitely became my experience because I do a lot of travel with work and so I travelled kind of right up until I was no longer legal to travel Um, and so it kind of started then and I sent other kind of girls that work with me, I kind of pre-organised it and I sent them and it made me kind of realise, well, I don't have to be omnipresent or, you know, Mm. I don't have to have my finger Ah. in every pie. So... Um, that that was a really big learning for me as well. And I think when you um, also when you have the baby, and you're and you're working, I think you're the best woman to employ or to work. I think you're so efficient. You work well, and you're efficient at home. Mm. You work well at work. You just you're so organised, don't mm. you think? Yeah. You know, you just want to, you just, just get things done. Yeah. Because you, your time is precious everywhere. Mm. It's precious with the baby. It's precious at work. It's precious in bed. Mm. Like everything is, is precious. Yeah. Um, I've always thought the, the part-time, full-time worker who, with, with young children is just spot on. Mm. Yeah. And Beck and I were talking just before and, um, I'm not afraid to say this. I needed a break. I didn't want to go from being a professional woman, you know, in my 30s to just all of a sudden being at home mm. with an infant that can't talk to me. It just wasn't, it no, just wasn't where I saw. Oh, me too. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think, I think a lot, I've spoken to a lot of women and they've said to me, I'm glad that you said that because I kind of feel afraid to even think it, let alone say it. And mm. 
Mm. I just think that's ridiculous. How can you go, mm. you know, from one mm. one thing to another and not Absolutely. have yeah. not have those feelings about it. So Well I've um I've worked forty three years and I've had one year off to have a child. Mm. And um I there's no way I could have had any more time off because mm. I, I just found it not boring, but it was just not challenging enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you just needed, after running hospitals and obstetric mm. units and things like that, as much as you love your child, that is irrelevant. Mm. It's it's actually talking to blah blah blah, and also your friends when you're when you have a child. It's just different, mm-hmm. you know, to, to talking to your colleagues at work. It's mm-hmm. just a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you love your child, but you also love your work. And yeah. I don't, you shouldn't have to choose between the two of them no. because you have a baby. No, I'd just like you- to chide in, though, for those who are, you know, have joined us and they have decided to stay at home and that's perfectly fine too because that's what absolutely. I would do. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. No, and I think it's absolutely up to the individual. I'm not not having a go at that. I, my mum raised us and she, she took time out from work and I'm very, very thankful for that. Mm. But for me, it, it's just not the right thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Beck? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I pretty much worked the whole way. I mean, I was lucky because he was born... Um, end of November, so it was. It's like really kind of slow in our business in December, January anyway. So there wasn't that much to mm. do. Um, but I manage um, two comedians, and so I can't. You can't really. You can't take maternity leave from that, mm. you know, because there's mm. always stuff going on in their careers and everything. So I've kind of done that the whole way through. But the, they were. They're so understanding. One of them, um, Nazim just had a baby two weeks ago oh. and the other one, Ursula, has two <coughs> young kids herself. So they totally, totally get it. Like they'd be like, why are you emailing for, mm. like, you know, stuff like that. But I balanced it where, you know, when he, when Killian was sleeping, I'd send emails and mm. then, you know, when he was awake, I wouldn't. And then when Sean came home, I would send responses. So that's mm. the way, that's why I do it now, you know, yep. and then. Be smart. Uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, I've got a great, um, person doing my maternity cover and she just keeps me in the loop and will mm. call me and, and um, say, you know, we'll discuss what we should do about, you know, a certain tour or whatever, being mm. a promoter. So I, I definitely, there was at one stage where I felt really overwhelmed because mm. I had taken too much on mm. and that's when I, yeah, I was like, I actually can't deal with any of that kind mm. of stuff and I, I pulled back a bit. And was, it's a real balance where you're like, oh, I can do that. <coughs> it's actually, no, you can't. Mm. You was know? that associated with sleep deprivation? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It was wasn't sleeping when I can sleep when when he sleeps well yeah I f- can do anything, do anything. Yeah. when he doesn't I can't do a thing no. so it's like it's like um you know you just really have to balance that so now I'm kind of in the but I'm able to do it because I can choose the choose what I how much work I can do but I haven't gone back to the office yet and that's I'm supposed to go back in August so I'm mm. just kind of working out what to do there but um I found it really beneficial to still have my work head on you know, mm. and also I love my job. So it's, it's not like, you know, I'm not working in an, I'm not working in an environment that I don't love. Like I'm really mm. passionate about my and job. people really love are it. intolerant of, yeah. of, you, of, of people working. Yeah. You know, mm. this, I yeah. think you both have that. That's, yeah. that's another point. Yeah. I wouldn't, like, I think if you're working in an office and yeah. you had to make that decision between going back, you know, eight till six every mm. day, mm. when you work for yourself and you have that flexibility, yeah. I think we both work in creative yeah. fields. So yeah. it's kind of people are a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my, my, you know, the, the company I work for is like six month full paid maternity leave mm. and flexible working hours. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, really lucky in that sense. I'm not coming from a normal, you know, if, if, if I worked in an environment where it was like, you've got to be back five days a week, nine till five, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it. I'd well, find something else to do, yeah. but I'd still do something, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and that is interesting about when, when I was pregnant, I'm the same thing because I would go on every one of my tours, I would, um, I would go away to the, you know, I'd go to the, the big shows in Sydney or Perth or, you know, New Zealand or whatever. I'd always go. And then when I was pregnant, I was like, actually, I don't want to do all this travel anymore. So send someone, send someone else. Mm. They didn't give a crap if I was there. Mm. Do you know, the artists didn't care if I was there. They'd mm. just be like, oh, yeah, Bex in Melbourne, whatever. And that was a really good learning curve for me too because mm. now I'm going back knowing, actually, I'm not going to do all this interstate yeah. travel anymore because I'd rather be at home um, yeah. with, you know, with yeah. my kid after work 
Whereas before I thought, oh, no, that absolutely I have to be there. Mm. No one can you do without you. No, yeah. they actually yeah, can, can do yeah. really well without you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that. Which is a bit annoying. Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I think I went away like, yeah, I, like once. Uh, the last time I went was in August and then I had him in November mm. and it was like, before, I, I was just like, I, I couldn't have imagined not travelling all that time, but... Yeah. I've got to ask. Did, you said you you managed a comedian called yeah. Ursula. Is it Ursula Carson? Yeah. Okay, so I've got to bring you in on this. I went and saw her show and I was kneeling in front of my seat as if I was praying. I couldn't breathe. I was this laughing. Yeah, they're for So them. funny. So funny, isn't it? But she then cracked a joke and I just thought, you know, as parents, how you keep your sense of humour. She yeah. cracked a joke about anti-vaxxers. Oh, I know. And um, it was hilarious, Kath. Yeah. She was You've like... You've got to hear you know, it. She cracks the joke and then she's like, you make it really difficult for them to leave. And she said, but it happened in Auckland. Eight people get out of the out of the audience and they shuffle, 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 and everyone's like, boo. And she said, don't boo them. They've got kids, sick kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she doesn't hold any punches oh, when it comes to Fantastic. Her, her wife gets in fights online all the time with um, anti-vaxxers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. But again, like, you know, with new mums and all the online stuff, I, do you know what to do? Are you a vaxxer, an anti-vaxxer? I mean, there's... I, mean, I didn't want to bring it up, but I mean, after yeah. that, I was like, I yeah, 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 yeah. No. It, it's just kind of like, how do you know what to do? Well, do you ask Kath? Well, no. With Kath. the vaccinations, uh, look, I go with common sense and with you know Just do science. It. Yeah, and of course, I mm, want to vaccinate yeah. my kid. There was no, there was no like, even There's, for a split no, second, going no. no. No, but no. no, you just I'm I'm the same. Yeah, and yeah. I, and yeah. Oh, we're not going to have any. Chair we're not going to have any. No, no, no. I look. It's I think it's a minority really in the yeah. in the community. Yeah. That, that well, she had no walkouts in her show in Australia, but she's really? had a few emails because yeah, she makes it really difficult for people to leave. Because <laughs> like they Balls can, the but everyone would just be like. You I know. wish I'd taken you, Kath. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I really do. Well, Locke went. Yeah, Locke yeah. went. Oh, hello. Yeah. But it's working with people like that. She's got two young kids, you know. So she, it's like you choose the right people that you work with. Mm. And she's she's in Auckland, you know, so it's like the time difference. It just works well. So, you know, when Killian goes to bed at seven, I've got seven till whenever to be able to talk to her and Naz about yeah. whatever. Um. Looking looking back, um, you know, if you had your time again, having having your babies, mm. um, what would what would you like to do different? Like, what would you what would you do different that when you you know in hospital and having having your babies? Would, is there anything that would be mm-hmm. that would you change? Yeah, um, the breastfeeding. Yeah, I reckon if I had, I mean, I know if I'd known you, I would have still been breastfeeding. So that was really difficult. And I know now if I had that knowledge, I would have given him, you know, the formula that night in hospital where he wasn't getting enough milk and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that was my, that's, that's something I would, I would love to have had that knowledge um, before I had him for sure. What about you, Em? Oh, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I would have probably just had the baby and then walked out of hospital. Yeah. Um, that would have been better for Donna me than Kate, staying in. Princess. Yeah, yeah. When you were talking about Princess Kate, I was like, yeah, I probably could have left. I would have just yeah. put the lippy on. Yeah. The rest would have looked disheveled. But <laughs> <laughs> the lipstick would have been on. Um, Why? Why did you want to leave earlier? Just, it was, uh, we, it wasn't a terrible time, but it was just really a, a mixture of highs and mm. lows, which it probably is for mm. all women. But um all the conflicting advice from all of the midwives and um, we actually asked for a bottle of formula one night and they told us that we couldn't have it um, because... What happened to your baby? She's just cried. She cried and cried and cried and cried and cried all night Mm. and it was, I was saying to Beck before, it's like a form of torture because you're in a room, you've just had nine months of pregnancy, then you've had a labour, which is exhausting obviously, and then you have a baby that you don't know what you're doing with and you're in a room with it and it's hungry and your milk hasn't come in and you can't feed it and you ask for a formula and they tell you that um, it will affect your milk supply, which I now know from Kath that's Mm. completely... Completely incorrect and wrong. So it's sort of, I think I would have left hospital (laughs) straight away and because everything that they told me I had to relearn as soon as it was everything they told me was completely wrong, according to my current philosophy, I suppose you would say. So, yeah. Mm. Just crazy, isn't it? I just don't, I, I don't understand why, why, why it's happening. It's, it's actually the worst it's mm. been. What do you mean? The misinformation or the... 
the um, variations in attitudes, opinions, like n- refusing to give mm. women formula, that has never happened. That's happening more now. Refusing to give, yeah. they should not refuse yeah. to give baby's formula. They, they make they lead you to believe that it's like you're giving your baby poison, poison. like yeah. you've shredded up. Well, we, we've had yeah. we spoke to um, a lady called Madeline Morris in a previous episode, and it, that was very insightful about exactly this thing. I, I thought that was mm. fascinating. Yeah, I listened to that, which mm. was really helpful actually, because I was going through all of the breastfeeding stuff then. Because my my thing was like Killian was so big. He was like nine pound two. He was hungry. My, you know, I was IVF, C-section, 40. So my milk was always going to take a bit longer to come in. Also thyroid on thyroid medication. So it was like the full whammy. Mm. And um, he he just fed for like half an hour all night screaming because he wasn't getting any. And then the next day my boobs were like bleeding and it was, and the midwife came in and she said to me, you can't breastfeed him for... I reckon a week because your boobs are just ruined. You're going to have to pump, and because I did that, because you know he then went off. He went off the boobs, so it was just like really difficult to get him back on. Whereas if you know I had done the bottle of formula that night, he would have gone to sleep. My boobs would have, you know, the milk would have come in. They would have, you know, I wouldn't. I would have been able to breastfeed him the next day and all that kind of stuff. And there was one midwife who came in and was like, "Why weren't you given any formula?" And Mm. I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." And she was really angry about it. So it's like that was like that was really disappointing because I was like, I really did want to breastfeed him exclusively. So I felt like a real letdown when I when I couldn't. Can I ask you a question? I know it's a really controversial thing. We've had lots of conversations, but when you're having when you're in pregnant when you're pregnant when you're pregnant. do you ever have conversations about your options in terms of breastfeeding before you actually have to breastfeed? Well, or is I, it a taboo? With I tried. Mm. So I was, I, because, you know, a friend of mine who had IVF, she was like, oh, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to breastfeed because she couldn't, right? So she was like, give the, give the, ask your doctor. And the doctor was like, um, why? why? Why is that? Oh, it's just, oh, I don't know. It's just they reckon the stats are for women with IVF or multiple IVF, um, you know, it's harder to breastfeed for whatever reason. It could be it could be age, yep. you know. It could be something yep. as simple as that. So, I called uh, the lactation consultants at the hospital and had a conversation with her before beforehand. Um, and she was like, "Okay, we can," you know. So I I really pushed it, and she was like, "No, I'll just come and see you in hospital because I I really wanted to push it whether I needed to take more thyroid medication and all this kind of stuff." But um, so Every you were time, trying to get a feeding plan, were yeah, you? Trying yeah, to get an idea. Yeah, because I was just like, I re- it's something I really wanted to do, mm. you know, for whatever reason. But, but um, yeah, it was like, you know, when I'd ask my doctor or anything about it, they'd just be like, just wait until the baby's born kind of thing. So no it's not something you talk about. It. But mm. also, like I'd said, my friend Julia came over when I was like at my lowest about the breastfeeding and every time I went to put him on, he would scream and... She was like, duh, I didn't breastfeed. And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, it's not something you walk around telling people. You're talking about. But she's like, and then I kind of asked a few more of my friends and they were like, no, I lasted four weeks or I lasted six weeks or all this kind of stuff. And I just had in my head that every other breast, every other woman breastfed their babies so, for six months except for me. Okay. I've got. Why the hell are we not having those conversations? Well, that, because everyone is thinking about labour and the yes. birth. Yeah. And what, what, what I've been doing is, the, is doing some feeding plans rather than mm. a birth plan, but doing a feeding plan and preparing people for, you know, learning their words to actually go into hospital and having a plan to go into hospital. Because when you're in hospital and you, you get into this situation, um, uh, you know, where you know, people are saying, no, you can't have formula and you've just had a Caesar or you've just had mm. a long labour and, and you're really tired and, and you've had, your, you know, medication. Um, you, it's, it's, and I remember you saying to me, Emily, that it's really hard being, a, even though you're a professional, and it's really hard when you've just been worn down and you're tired mm. and you just sort of like, you know, like give in, don't you? Yeah, you do. You're... So I felt so sad when you said that. It's mm. just, it's really stuck with me. Yeah. That, and, and it's so true that you just get, you just get 
Okay, mm, just yeah. give up. Well, f- physically you kind of, I mean, on one hand you feel fantastic after you've given birth, you feel like you could do anything, but that's short-lived and then and then you're just mm. exhausted. And so you feel, I guess, completely vulnerable. And mm. um, when you're in that situation and you're tired and, of course, you don't know what you're doing, so you look to whoever is the expert in the room, which is clearly not, not me because it's my first baby. Mm. And, yeah, it, it, it is, it's really... It's really, it's really difficult. And it's also just looking at your nipples, you know, having someone look at your nipples mm. and see whether, because you don't know what your nipples are like. I've mm. seen 50,000 nipples. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's, there's a book, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Title of the next book. Your nipples. Um, 50,000 nipples. Um, and, you know, you can tell whether you've got good nipples for mm. feeding and whether you might need nipple shields and, mm. and whether you need some help and, you know, um, some women have told their nipples are too big for feeding. Well, they they're never too big for feeding, you know. Mm. And and you know, preparing women for um, for for feeding after um, after they've had the baby. Um, and I know so well that if a baby has some formula in the early days and has you know some calories and puts on weight. The women will breastfeed longer. Mm, they mm. really will. Maybe not exclusively, mm. but they will certainly breastfeed longer. Well, that's a very funny thing because actually, in my mother's group, and there's some great some great girls in there. I don't want to say there isn't, but um, there there was a lot of only breastfeeding in the beginning, and I was always mixed feeding from the beginning. And of those people that went really hard at breastfeeding, I would say most of them have finished now, mm. and I'm one of the few that are still going. Mm. So I think it's like anything. If you go really hard at it and you don't moderate yourself, yeah. then you get burnt out, mm. and yep. it's, it's ridiculous. It just, it's, it just works, and I know all the mums that I work with, the longer the, the the sort of the more support you give in the early, mm. the very early days, and I'm talking about the like week one, not one, mm. you know, not two, those mm. early days, and um, uh, the babies have the calories and they're um, they're they're being fed okay. Um, you feed longer, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, we've certainly discussed a whole um, gamut of issues. It's good to hear from the the mums panel. We should do this more often, Cass. Yes, I know. Don't you think? Yes. Just get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not get them out there. Get the 50, it out there. 50,000 nipples. <laughs> um, we need to copyright that. Yeah. Right now. So. No, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for your insights. No problem. And so what words of advice for, for first-time mums? Don't Google. <laughs> yeah. Don't Google and trust your instincts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anything from you, Em? Talk to Kath. <laughs> yeah. Or get an appointment with Kath. I oh, know. Wish Come I did on that first day. Do yourself day. a favour. Oh. I don't know. Well, I, I, got, I got an appointment with Kath for a present. That's right. From the Minchins. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I waited for two two weeks. I wish I'd done it on the We yes, should have called her in hospital right. as soon did. as it came out. Kath? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Help. That was, that was right. You're yeah. pretty special. Mm, oh. yeah. Thanks, okay. ladies. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank okay. You. Bye. See you Thanks. soon, midwife Kath. Bye. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolich. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. A Podcast One production.